listeners um been a couple weeks since we last heard from you today we have brooke haas a crossfit games athlete from jacksonville florida she's going to be speaking with us about her training um her crossfit career this season this year and then some things outside the crossfit realm as well so thanks for joining us today brooke yeah thank you for having me cool um so i guess maybe we'll just jump in with the you know, where we're at with, with training, with this whole shutdown, I'm, I'm sure things have been spiced up a little bit, how, uh, how things had to kind of, you know, adapt for you. Yeah. Uh, so I have a full home gym, uh, which is super nice. Um, I have all the concept to, you know, I got the rower, the skier, the biker, I have echo bike, I have a rack, I have a rig, you know, all the plates, dumbbells, kettlebells, and all that, that I would really need. Uh, the only thing that I didn't have was rings to do ring muscle ups and then like a rope to do my rope climbs on. Um, but I can, I was able to modify and do like strict L-sit muscle ups and some seated like L-sit rope climbs and whatever. Um, for the most part, there really wasn't anything that I had to completely avoid. Um, and then living in Florida, like the weather was super nice. So um, I was able to run outside and do all that stuff. I guess if I was up north, it'd be a little bit different. I'd have to probably switch to using just some of those machines a bit more, but I was able to pretty much like keep up with the training. Uh, I usually do a pool swim. Um, it's kind of like a recovery day slash active recovery day. Um, and obviously all the pools are closed around here, but living in Jacksonville Beach, we have the ocean. So switched to some ocean swims, which definitely spiced it up a little bit. Uh, way different than yeah. pool swimming. Um, but I am comfortable with like open water and, um, I, though I do enjoy the pool a bit more, um, I'm pretty comfortable in open water too. So, um, it was a good change. I mean, it was a good change. I know you, you typically compete with the teams. Um, and this year I'm not sure, but potentially going individual at the games. Has that changed? Um, like used the training in the team environment and obviously now we're a little more, um, wary to do that. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously the goal this year, and I made it pretty, like, straightforward, um, was that I wanted to go to the games as a team, uh, and I was going to leave it up to chance, like, that we weren't going to qualify, so I did also make sure to push really hard in the Open so I could qualify individually again, because you never know, Um, but we qualified at Filthy 150 at the first sanctional, so training pretty much, I mean, we had, you know, I think it was, like, nine months of just like we could get ready for the games, um, which was kind of the goal behind it. So we had such a long time to prepare for it. Uh, So the training was definitely a little bit different, switching from going pretty much from the open to, you know, right into a sanctional as a team. Um, uh, We all work with the same coach. His name's Jason Layden with uh, Conquer Athlete. And he kind of programs for us specifically based off of our individual weaknesses. And then every Friday we would kind kind of come together and do a workout that was very similar or the same um, and be able to kind of compare our times with it. The team training just in general is a little bit different. Um, A lot of like work to rest ratios 
um, some different movements as well that will mimic like a you know, partner deadlift or doing synchronized stuff. So it, it was a little bit different. Um, and then obviously with the announcement of the teams being canceled um, and retroactively being able to reaccept my individual invite now, um, which I am doing, I'm going to be going to Aromas and competing as an individual this year. Um, Congratulations. The training has definitely changed again. Yeah, the, the training has definitely changed. Um, quite a bit more volume, more monostructural stuff. Just a little bit suckier, I guess I would say. <laughs> Not as much rest period between like interval type stuff. Um, but it's not something I haven't done before. So I, you know, I kind of just like had to welcome it with open arms and just be ready to go to the pain cave a little bit more. Yeah. You're going to, I feel you're going to have like a very unique um, experience compared to most of the, you know, CrossFit space being one of those 30 at the games this year with, without spectators and that like real intimate uh, competition. All right. Is that something you're looking forward to? Like that unique part of the games this year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and when, when it was kind of announced that the team or, you know, that the words were coming out, that team was probably going to be canceled. I, you know, I had words with my team as far as, you know, if I do, if they do decide to re-invite me, um, you know, what, what we were going to do with that. And I mean, they were all like, you can't not accept that individual invite. The fact that it was going to be back in aromas, a smaller, you know, community of people competing, they were like, you just can't miss that. And I thought, I mean, I knew that in my heart too, but I had already committed to teams. So I, you know, I don't want to leave them in the dust, whether there was something, you know, brewing. And obviously we kind of had a little tip off about the mayhem thing. Um, we didn't really know the dates of it, but I had to accept my individual invite before those dates were announced. So uh, you know, it, it is, it's going to be a once in a lifetime experience. And I, Regardless of have I been training as an individual or as a team athlete, I'll be, you know, ecstatic to even be at, you know, be in aromas and be with those field of women um, having that experience together. Cause I highly doubt there's ever going to be an opportunity like that again. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like throwing it back to, you know, 2007, 2008, even though we're 15 years deep now, you're going to get that, that unique part of the game. Right. And I think as a competitor too, it'll be just like a completely different realm for the majority of us. All of us are used to having our coaches around us, being surrounded by fans, being surrounded by, you know, media and all these different things being, you know, you're really pulled emotionally in all these different directions when you have that much going on around you. And I think for all of us just to be like, I know I me mean, like be there individually. Um, I don't, I, you know, I really won't have probably anyone come with me. So it'll be like, go compete and like be, be with myself and my thoughts at the end of the night. And I think a lot of people are going to end up being like that. So it'll be, it'll be definitely cool. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like the, between the training and quarantine and like being on your own at Aromas, like this is a, seems like almost a, a different test of like, you know, you yourself in your head. Um, I think it, yeah, it'll be, it'll be kind of a new challenge. Yes, I agree. And I think a lot of people are either going to be like the it, you know, I think it depends on your training too, whether you train with a lot of people or if you train individually, I think a lot of the high level athletes either train with one or two people um, or, you know, some train by themselves. And I train pretty often by myself, so I'm not too worried about that. I have a good idea of like just being able to know like my paces and 
where I'm at in the workout. But I think for people that are like used to pacing off of multiple other people or knowing previous times from the workout and stuff like that, and they go off of that, it's going to be difficult because it's a, such a smaller field. Hmm. For sure. Yeah. You're going to, it's going to be that much more, uh, you know, self-driven type of competition. Mm-hmm, I'm going to be curious to see, cause you see at the, uh, the regular CrossFit games, obviously it's very easy to get up for an event. You walk into the stadium under the lights, you got screaming fans. It's not hard to get excited for that. When you go to Aromas and there's 29 other people and it kind of just feels like a, an overpacked Saturday class. Uh, how do you think it's going to feel to kind of like get excited for that first wall? Do you think it's going to take a water or two to get into it? Or do you think right away, like, you know, all right, I'm here. I can turn the switch on. So me as a competitor, I've always, and I've just known this, like it takes me like one or two to be like, all right, you're here now and you're working out. And I just like in, and that's just history for me. Like I've always tried to be like, can you live in the moment? Like first workout, be ready. Like, and I just can't, like, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why, why it's always like, something like that. And I'm sure there's other people out there too. Um, but whether the first workout's a great workout for me or not, like sometimes I just like, it's just not going so hot for me in the, in that first one. Um, so I think it'll definitely like take a little bit for me personally. There's other people that have that switch that are just like competition time go. Um, and hopefully obviously there's like more opportunity this year, less cuts and whatnot. But I think that this year is going to be, it, it'll be good uh, for the community of top level athletes to have this. Um, I think we'll create a, like a stronger bond of like of top level competitors. Um, a lot of times you go to like, even last year at the games, like, you know, I went to the road so, and all these other athletes that competed because that was a smaller field and like the top people. But prior to that, like you go to Wadapalooza and you don't really ever get to interact with them. It's like, all right, warm up corral. You don't really get an, an ex, you know, an experience with that. I would say at the Rogue Invitational, we had some like sit down time and we were able to do that. And it was just such a smaller field. I think it'll be like that too um, this year where there'll be a little bit more camaraderie um, built, you know, intertwined with those, with those top level athletes. And I think mm. it'll create like this, this cool experience that I think nobody has ever had before. Yeah. And as a, a spectator or as a, you know, a fan of the sport and a coach and an athlete, like, I hope that somebody can get in there and capture what happens there because I think the story of of the games this year is going to be so enthralling given that it's such a unique circumstance. I agree. I'm hoping that like they allow for some 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 coverage there. Obviously they they've expressed that they're going to try to do something but it's not going to be like to the level it was last year, mm -hmm. you know, we're not going to have these big screens up with our times and time chipping and all that stuff. Um, but I'm hoping that like behind the scenes that they're going to allow for some, some media there. They should just outfit each athlete with a personal GoPro and then have somebody <laughs> edit it all at the end. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you go on that trail run, I mean, we could see that possibly happen like a chess one, see yeah. how, how many times everyone falls. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite competition memory? I know uh, you competed at Dubai last year, and that's kind of like a pretty wild place. And um, do you have any memories in CrossFit competition that like really stick with you? Yeah, I actually, it's funny you said that. I actually just posted a picture. The first sent me a picture, and um, I just like every time I think back to it the Rogue Invitational was the hands down it was better than the games for me just the experience the workouts 
the people running it, the venue, like everything from start to finish was, was what I would expect. Um, and, and more honestly, like I was very surprised at it. And I've done quite a few competitions from the sanctional level just to like local stuff. Um, but Rogue was definitely the best one. And the highlight for me there, um, the squat clean ladder um, that they had, uh, it was like, the reps descended and the weight ascended in it. Um, I think I was in the second heat. So I was in that middle pack heat. Um, and I lost to Tia by one second. So I almost won. I beat everybody else. And like, this was, you know, this was kind of my first competition being at the level, like this was, you know, at for me I'd ever seen or competed against, um, as far as women go in that field. So that was probably, yeah, my biggest highlight. I, I love squat queens. If you look back at the open, like <laughs> those are my jam too. Um, so kind of just like a no brainer, just turn, you know, I didn't even have to say like, all right, let's go. It was just like a no brainer, turn off the switch and just get to the finish line as fast as possible. Yeah. The, the rogue invitational for, for us again on the opposite side of the fence was so uh, I guess relieving to watch like, for it to be covered properly and to have, um, you know, that like professionalism behind it. Do you see Rogue maybe getting into the CrossFit competition space a little he more heavily once Reebok is out of the picture? Uh, yeah, I definitely could see them taking over probably either a portion of the games or being a co-sponsor or something with that. It just, it's kind of like a no brainer. If they're like a sponsor, I mean, that's the main thing you need besides athletes. Um, and they obviously know what they're doing and have, have it well thought out. They have a great team behind them. Um, I think even to the extent of like they would have some better trained judges and possibly paid judges and whatnot for the games, which I think is where it needs to evolve to if they're expecting it to continue to grow as a career level for people's sport. Um, but yeah, I think that, I mean, if you'd ask anyone, I think they think that Rogue would take over. Now, whether they do it or not, obviously that's, that's on them. Um, CrossFit and them would have to come to a, an agreement. Right. And I guess I never thought of being of... a CrossFit umpire as a career. That could be interesting. Right. <laughs> get paid? I would do it right. once I retire. Get paid to get yelled <laughs> at. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I like it. What kind of speaking on that same point, what are your thoughts behind? I also know me and athlete and I wouldn't want to be on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts behind the potential split of the sport from the health aspect? Because that's, as we've, we've talked to a lot of games athletes on here and we ask them this question pretty regularly and they kind of already said, most of them say this has already happened and it's, we're just waiting for it to be kind of finalized. Um, do you, what's your views on it? Like the split between the sport across it and the health aspect at the affiliate level. Yeah. I mean, I feel this, I'm on the board with all the rest of them. I feel it's already split in that direction. Um, I mean, there's the competitive side of CrossFit that to be completely honest, like if you do this at a high level for say, you know, five, six years, like you're definitely not on the health, like you're training day in and day out, you're, you know, injury per could go on um and that's I mean that's in any sport if you're at the professional level of it like you are not at the peak of health and wellness you are at maybe peak physical 
condition and peak physical shape. Um, but on the health and wellness spectrum, no, like you're, you're not resting adequately. You're not feeling probably properly, even if you're eating uh, completely a hundred percent of the way. Um, so I think that, that it's already happened. Um, and I think they're just, needs to be different, you know, marketing for them. Obviously, if we want to remain on the affiliate level of, I mean, I'm a head coach at an affiliate and I don't promote myself as a games athlete, come to my gym, I'm a games athlete or anything like that. Like that will scare people away. Um, it also, it naturally is going to attract some people that want to be competitive. Um, as far as just like at the affiliate level of, of coaching classes day in and day out, GPP, just like, generalized fitness for the masses that are going to, you know, allow them to maintain health and wellness and, and whatnot. You have to, you have to have that split. You have to market it appropriately. Um, and I think that CrossFit is battling with that. And I think it's primarily, I mean, Greg Glassman wants to see what he originally, you know, created CrossFit for was, was to, create a generalized program for people to be healthy and, and well, um, move well and do it for a long time. Um, and I think the, the competitive side of it, you know, I, I think I listened to Castro say like it was going to be the Woodstock, like Woodstock of CrossFit is what Glassman said it was, you know, the CrossFit thing. And I think he thought it was going to be a bit more community driven. And I don't know if he really all it's going to be or what it is already. Um, and nobody can track that, I guess, when you're first in those initial, initial stages. So, um, I mean, yeah, like, it's, it's already split. There's already a divide between that. And people are doing this for money. People are doing this for a career. People are doing this for a living. Like, there's not, you know, there's going to be 2% of the CrossFit community that do that. And the other are doing it to, you know, be able to live a long and fruitful life. Right. I, com I completely agree with both those points. And, um, also on the part of the the marketing, like if you talk to people outside of CrossFit or, you know, friends I have who's their view of CrossFit is like what they see, you know, on Netflix and stuff. Um, so I think it is like, maybe it is just a, a, a battle of names, um, you know, convoluting what's what uh, in the public image of the health aspect and the sport aspect. And that's kind of a rocky road to drive down right now. Um, but I do right. think it comes down to marketing to, to whatever audience. Mm -hmm. Whatever, you know, whatever you're trying to attract as an affiliate owner is what you're going to have to market. Um, so, you know, living, so we're in Jack's beach, so it's a younger crowd, people that want to be like a part of a community. Like, you know, a lot of people are going to be, you know, looking for, you know, people to hang out with on the weekends and, you know, have kind of like this, like family community. Um, a lot of people aren't married yet, so they may be looking to like, you know, find someone possibly at the affiliate that has same interests. Um, but we also obviously being at the beach too, have our, you know, 40 to 60 year olds that are just literally just doing this because they want to have some sort of physical activity and CrossFit was kind of like the, that route for them. That beach bud. Um, so we have to show all of our fancy like muscle ups and all that type stuff. And then we also have to show, uh, you know, modifying all these specific movements, you know, in one shot, we have to show people that can do the 
peak level of the sport and then people that have come in and have never picked up a weight in their life. And that as an affiliate holder, I guess is a challenge. And when you can master that and perfect that, that's like, it's your own, it's your own marketing. And I would say that it's because CrossFit maybe hasn't given us like a specific, like you should market like this. Everybody's kind of done their own thing. And maybe that's like allowed it to kind of fall to the wayside. Um, and maybe some affiliate owners have promoted too much of like the flashy here I am CrossFit versus, you know, like a silver sneakers type class. Um, and if I think that it, it, you need to rely on your affiliates to be able to do that, but it also comes from leadership. So I think if CrossFit came out with some sort of like, um, I don't know the campaign, I guess, um, of, of how to promote CrossFit in both lights and for the affiliate. I think that you would find people would have less, you know, they wouldn't have as much of an idea of just like, Oh, it's what we see on Netflix or it's what we see, you know, on these worldwide YouTube channels or CrossFit fails or whatever. Mm -hmm. Eric, what are your thoughts on that? No, I, I agree. I think it would almost be beneficial to have like two separate names, but then it's like, it's hard to, to do that too. Cause CrossFit is one business. So it's, yeah, it's, it's tough because you don't want to scare people away from like the sport, but then you also don't want to, um, you know, diminish the sport because that's a, an important part of CrossFit. So it's tricky. I don't really know if there's an answer. <laughs> Right. Right. I, do, I like the idea of putting it at the uh, responsibility of the affiliates, though. Um, you know, like you said, once you've mastered the ability to, uh, to scale the bottom and the top and, and give quality coaching and programming to every caliber of athlete that walks through your doors, um, then I guess it can coexist. But that is a challenge for coaches and owners. Um, it takes a lot of effort to do that to not individualize towards like, I'm just going to do the sport thing or I'm just going to deal with general population. Right. Yeah. And I think some boxes will go one direction or the other. And that's, you know, that's fine too. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's also at like, you know, what your ability is as an affiliate owner. Uh, do you have someone that has the time to program multiple different platforms of competitor stage to just a basic RF? you know intermediate and all the way down to your scaled stuff i mean crossfit's infinitely scalable so me as a programmer and i've always thought this and this has been ingrained since i you know began crossfit and learned from you know some of the first crossfit um coaches really was program for the best person in your box and then scale from there so you're not you know you're not doing injustice to either parties um but scaling appropriately obviously with that yeah, I think that's the right way to look at it. I'd like to go back to mindset a little bit. Uh, I've heard you talk in the past, Brooke, about how your body is so much more capable of what you think it is, and, and more times often than not, it's uh, your, your mind that's keeping you back. Um, you talk about finding your why every day, and that's something we're kind of obsessed with on this podcast as well, is finding people's why, understanding why they come back every day. So my question for you would just be, what is your why? What, what keeps you coming back on a day-to-day -day basis and on a year-to-year -year basis trying to compete? Yeah. And I mean, this, this will be kind of like constantly changing my, like it, it's never like a one why, um, you know, every year, every season of your life requires a different why I think. And, uh, 
it should be what you're passionate about in that moment. It should be what you're passionate about, you know, for that, for that season, I guess, of your life. Um, you know, when I was trying to qualify for a team, my why was because of my other teammates, you know, I trained every day, day in and out, like to not let them down on the field. Um, I've been a team athlete my whole life. So that's kind of like just where I naturally fell. And I wanted to be the absolute best. I wanted to to be the person on the team that everyone looked up to. Like it was just, it, it was ingrained for me, I guess, from a, you know, from a young age. Um, so that was definitely my why for that. Now, when I competed as an individual, like that's an, so, you know, I was trying to qualify for the games and had never done it before. That was obviously my why. Um, I, you know, you can put that at the peak and you have these little milestones along the way, like, okay, well, why are you, you know, taking the time to work on running you know why are you taking the time to work on these specific movements um and it was so you could be you know a cohesive unit and a, and a whole athlete you could be a well-rounded athlete that's that's the that's the ultimate goal I would say is to have no holes and be the best at everything not just be the best at weightlifting or you know monostructural type stuff type stuff but to be the best at all of it um, and then, I mean, just for me too, I sacrifice a lot of time that I could be spending doing a lot of other things. I could have pursued multiple different careers. I could have, you know, probably started a family. So for me, like, why, why haven't I done that? Um, and, and for me, it's because I want to continue to compete. Like I had to make the realization of I'm not done. Um, I haven't reached my my like, aha, like I've made it kind of movement. And I don't know if that may ever happen. Um, but I want to be satisfied with my career as a whole. Uh, so for me, that, you know, as when I'm going as an individual, like, it's kind of like, I, I'm not finished yet. And you have a lot more work to do. And think of like, kind of all these sacrifices that you've made to do it. And that's your why, like, don't let those sacrifices go to waste, pretty much. Do you think that aha moment is going to be like a, a tangible feeling or is it going to be a certain you place this much or what do you think it's going to be? I know you said you haven't felt it yet. What do you think that's going to feel like? Um, I'm not 100% sure what that may feel like. And I said, I may not ever have like an aha moment. I may, it may just be like one day I have the feeling of I've lived a, I've lived a good CrossFit career life and I'm kind of ready to move on to other stuff. Um, and whether that be just like slowing down my training a little bit, um, or, you know, I'm always going to be a competitor. There's no doubt about that. And like in the master's age group and stuff, I'm sure I'll still be doing that until I'm, I have a double knee replacement or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, I just, I think that it, I think I'll know when I, when I have that kind of like, moment of I'm I'm satisfied and I've lived a good CrossFit career and I'm happy with if I were to tell my children or you know tell family and friends about my CrossFit career like I you know I'm I'm proud of it and I think you'll have kind of like these these stages where it's just like I'm ready to move on and I'm happy with what I've done what is the mindset like after a game season ends like once the games are over uh or your time that year is over is it I'm resting for the next few months or is it let's get right back into it again? Is it, I don't even want to think about the games for a little bit. Like what, what is that like when the games are over? 
Um, it's probably like drink a couple, like too many drinks, have <laughs> like pool parties, eat pizza, chips and salsa, like just enjoy like a few couple weeks, um, travel a bit, like spend some time without like having, even on travel, you know, as an athlete, we have to schedule in certain stuff or still restrict certain things. Um, so just travel and enjoy a little bit. Um, and then for me, like training pretty much just goes right back to normal say two weeks after I obviously like when you're in your game season and when you're peaking for something like the open or a specific sanctional or something like that, you have your, your, your ups and downs of volume and intensity and whatnot. Um, but CrossFit for me is like a way of life. I'm, it's just ingrained in me. I like to wake up. I like to feel the endorphins. I like the satisfaction of like having a complete training session done. Um, I will tell you right after the games, like just doing class workouts for probably a month or two would be, has been and what I will kind of continue to do. Um, it allows you as an affiliate, you know, within the affiliate to stay connected to your members too, so, which I think is super important. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of other games athletes and I've seen a lot of other games athletes that do that same thing. You know, they don't put themselves in the corner and just do their own training. Like they involve themselves. And I even now like involve myself with the community. Um, like one time a week, I'll do a class workout with them. Um, or I'll invite them. So, um, but yeah, after the games, it's, a, it's definitely a little bit of a slowdown. That's my dog, Tony. Tony, no, say it I'm hi. on a podcast. Come We're on, Tony. Tony. I know. Uh, yeah, kind of, I know. He's ridiculous. To kind of go on that a little bit more, like I think maybe with CrossFit, it's different, like you said. But have you talked to any um, games competitors, or have you experienced like the the kind of post Olympic depression that like Michael Phelps talks about. And, um, what's the, the snowboarder's name, Sean, Sean White. 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 Yeah. Um, but they talk about like this kind of, once you've, you've made it and you've completed your season, there's this kind of like, you know, now what depression that can come sometimes seep in. Have you experienced that or talked to anybody in CrossFit? Not really. Um, like back when the season was a lot shorter it might have been like that um you'd probably have to talk to people that did it quite a while ago um but for us like the sanctional season is so long the season is just you don't have an off season really anymore and if you want to like qualify early on then you have to kind of just roll with the punches and go from one sanctional to the next to the next um or get lucky and qualify obviously at the first one and then you have a little bit of off season but we really now as athletes don't have much of a downtime like off season period to even, I think, think about that. Um, Cause it's, you know, Oh, I only, I only have two months until the open or, I mean, the games pretty much finishes and we go right into it. Like we we're really just going from one to the next. And then if you are a sanctional competitor, you're going to consistently be traveling, training, all things CrossFit. So I personally haven't experienced that. I haven't talked to anyone that has, um, um, but not like CrossFit. I've been doing it since 2014. Maybe like back in like the 2008s, 9s, 10s, you might find people that that have experienced that. This is something we've asked everybody who comes on. We're we're really interested in the new the new sanctional um, series and kind of what goes into picking a sanctional. I know you said earlier your, your team goal was to qualify early to have a little bit of an off season. Uh, we've had some people say like I want to go to all of them, make as much money as I can. 
I want to travel. Uh, so what kind of goes into you guys choosing what sanctionals you want to do? Yeah, I mean, so for us, I guess if I was an individual, it might have been a little bit different um, trying to qualify for that. I probably would have looked and, you know, what the past programming has been by them and probably tried to pick one that was going to be more up my alley. Um, I also, it's for like the places I want to go. I mean, Dublin was definitely on a we wanted to go there and then it just so happened to be that first one and we're like hey like we could also qualify and then have a really long off season me and Christian are kind of old so <laughs> that was kind of nice for us um Dex was having a child so it was just kind of like perfect timing for us with that um and then you know Wadapalooza is just kind of like an always must like for pretty much anyone that's in the sport, Wadapalooza is just like the go-to for, it's like the Vegas of CrossFit, you know, like everybody's got to go there once for, <laughs> um, and enjoy themselves. So, you know, it, it, it was like that for us as an individual, like I said, I would probably pick and choose specific ones based off of the type of programming that they put out. Um, you know, like you go to, and I've, I've gone to Minnesota a bunch just because I've, so Granite Games, um, just because that's where I'm originally from. I get to see my family and they get to see me compete and whatnot. Um, but his, like absolutely crushes individuals and it's all, typically there's a lot of running. So I don't know why I always continue to go back there because I'm not a good runner. Um, but like I said, it's just kind of like a state thing, but some of the other ones like rogue i knew would be right up my alley for the programming um super classic crossfit heavier weights um moving you know heavy loads long distances and probably not too much running just based off of like knowing the venue kind of um it wasn't like they were going to do this mountainous trail run or we weren't going to swim in the ocean or something like that you can kind of pick and choose with that um i had signed up for the west coast clock at classic with another team just to fill in um we had already qualified and i was just filling in for one of their other girls to see if i could help them qualify too um and that i knew would be like they were going to do all older regional workout based stuff and then possible so i knew that would be kind of up my alley too um and i know that a lot of other athletes think that same that same thing like they kind of have to look at the programming from from years past or see who the programmers are and kind of you'll you'll know um if you've been around in the sport long enough um and you can probably pick and choose but also i mean money is a huge factor for a lot of the top level athletes if you're paying out good money you're just you know you're naturally going to attract more people and it's usually in pretty cool places too so you need a free trip out of it yeah it's been a pretty common theme people saying like i want to go to dublin i want to go to dubai and you have to go to waterpalooza so it seems like a those are the big three right now right yeah Dubai is, yeah, the, I mean, a crazy amount of money. The Madrid one was supposed to be a crazy amount of money, too. Mm. And Madrid is pretty cool. So it, it makes for a really wonderful life for CrossFit athletes. And, and you we, guys are planning on Mexico as well, weren't you? We were, yeah. Um, we wanted to get, like, a couple more under our belt before the games, just kind of as, as, like, training or, you know, just training in general. Um, and Mexico seemed like a fun a fun place right around 4th of July. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it would have been it would have been cool. We we had thought about Granite Games and Asbury Park and one other one too. Um, it just didn't work out time wise for a couple of our athletes. So, um, 
we'll see what comes up in this sanctional, this new sanctional season. And if mm. we're, you know, we're even able to do it. Yeah. Right. Hopefully. Well, Brooke, um, we just want to say thank you for coming on. We appreciate you giving us your time today. We're all super excited to watch you compete um, as one of those 30 in aromas this year. And we'll definitely be rooting for you. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was a great, great time talking to you guys. Where can people find you um, on social media and stuff if they want to give you a follow? Um, my name is Brooke DeHook. Pretty simple. <laughs> um, on Facebook, you can just find me under an athlete profile. Is my name, Brooke Haas. Beautiful. Thank you, Brooke. Thanks. Good yeah. luck this year. Thank you.